0: I don't normally get titles um, for my messages, but this one was just really clear. And he said, you're worth it. And if that's the only thing you get from this morning, that's good. Because you know what? You're worth it. I'm lingering here for a bit because the weight of that, I want you to feel it. This isn't me saying this. Jesus came because you're worth it. This morning, what a great opportunity to be sharing around our identity in Christ because, quite frankly, this is the pinnacle moment. The difference between Jesus and and any other religion is the fact that Jesus came, died for you and for me so that we would have eternal life. Now, we know that part. But how much do you know, do you know? How much do you know that when we take communion... We are told to do this in remembrance of him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've been saved for quite a few years. Quite a few, few years. I can't even remember how long. So there's been quite a few communions where I've just gone, okay, yep, done that bit, tick. But I want to challenge you, and I'm challenging me today, that communion is just as real and probably even more so and more poignant and significant than what you may have thought for some time. So I don't know everybody here this morning. So I don't know whether or not you even believe in Jesus. So if you are in that space this morning, this is the best day to be here because you are getting the punchline right at the beginning. This is what it is actually all about. So stay tuned, come with me on a journey. This Easter that's just been, I found myself thinking, and I don't normally think like this, but man, when I go there, it makes me laugh. I started thinking, what does the unblemished lamb look like? Because, you know, if you've been around church um, circles for a while, you'll know in the Old Testament that they said that you had to bring a sacrifice, that had to be an unblemished lamb, or an unblemished cow, or an unblemished dove, or an unblemished goat, or whatever. So I'm thinking, what does an unblemished lamb look like? And then I started thinking, well, if, if Jesus is this perfect lamb, how big is he? Because, go, come with me here. Every day, every year, for all their lives in the Old Testament, sacrifices had to be made. Yes, I'm going here. Okay? Have you ever wondered how many animals would be sacrificed? Tara's already going, nah, never crossed my mind. Okay, but some of you guys are going, yeah, actually, that's a good question. How many animals? Because in the Old Testament, once man sinned, okay, very brief history lesson here, Adam and Eve were created perfect. They were in great communion with God. You know, he walked through the garden with them, having a chat, and then one day, they were hiding from God. God's calling out. Adam, Eve, hello, anyone home? They were hiding because they had sinned. They had actually broken the one command that God had told them not to do, they went and do. Anyone relate to that? I do. I've definitely done stuff that I've gone, gee, I knew I should have done that. And they discovered they were naked. And they felt ashamed. So they tried to cover themselves with leaves. Now, I don't know about you, but leaves is not my first choice of clothing. And so God killed an animal, shed blood, in order to cover man's nakedness his exposure, his sin. And actually, this was something I I must confess I'm a week ahead of you guys in the identity course. Ever thought about the fact that God clothed man with the sin sacrifice? Think about that. When you put Jesus in the picture, we are told to put on his robes of righteousness. We are to be clothed in Christ. That's another story. And so... Man is covered with the skin of the sacrifice and thus, ever since then, that was the way man has been trying to get back to God, trying to reconcile a relationship with God. And who knows, it didn't last. Because when you read, and if anyone who wants to go and study this further, go and read Leviticus chapters 1 through to 6, really lists all the different sacrifices. I'm not going to go there this morning, but I am going to say that we've got all different types of sins. There's burnt offerings, there is the sin offering, there's a grain offering, there's harvest offering... Offerings for looking left the wrong way. Offerings for looking right the wrong way. You know, whatever it is that has separated us from God, there was a plan in the Old Testament that said, if you kill two doves or slaughter this sheep or do this or do that, you would be okay with God for about mm, a year maximum. Hmm. You won't find that quoted in that way, but it's the gist of what happens with the sacrifices. Just um, a little aside, Kirsten, if you could put the slide up for the atonement definition. I like to have a bit of an idea of what these words mean, because they can get a bit out there for me. So just a good old Britannica, not even a religious dictionary. Just says, it's a process by which people remove obstacles to their reconciliation with God. Atonement is often attached to sacrifice both of which often connect ritual cleansing with moral purity and religious acceptability. In Leviticus 17.11, it says, for the life of the body is in the blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible we're getting the picture in order for man to be reconciled to god blood has to be shed yeah you're all with me and so like i said we're burnt offerings peace offerings grain offerings sin offerings etc couldn't help myself did a google search good old google Different websites estimated somewhere between 600 and 1,500 animals sacrificed a day. 600 to 1,500. Just picture that for a moment. Anyone from the country? Anyone been to a sheep sales yard or something like that and you've just seen hundreds and hundreds of sheep or cattle or whatever? Noisy? Smelly? Fly-blown. Really pleasant places, actually. Um, can you imagine that every single day? Not to mention the whole fact that there was the need for the high priest. I'm looking at Jason here. He's our senior pastor. He actually, his whole life would actually be spent on behalf of the congregation killing those animals, sacrificing he had to do it all the right way. there was rules and rituals around it. Uh, and for a man who started off as a vegetarian, this would be a real challenge for him. <laughs> and having to do that, just so you and I would have an opportunity to come and meet God. Are you feeling the weight of what the sacrifice, involved are you with me this morning in John 1930 there's no uh, scripture for this one Keston in John 19 30, uh, verse 30 Jesus is on the cross and he says it is finished it is finished. in reading some of the commentaries and stuff on it, they're saying that phrase, it is finished, meant it has been paid in full. You don't have to do anything more. It is paid in full. This is the part that gets to me because this is the part where I know personally I've taken this for granted or I've completely underestimated the value of that statement, it is finished. We're going to take a moment and read through Hebrews chapter uh, 10 verses from one to 18. I do want to read it all because I just think this is, this is the answer. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. So even Moses, the whole Levitical law, it was only a dim shadow. It could only last maximum 12 months. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. There was no such thing as an unblemished lamb. There really wasn't. They thought there were, but there wasn't. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshippers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. What an interesting way of measuring it. Your feelings of guilt will have disappeared. I would like to say that all of my feelings of guilt have disappeared, but I would be lying. I do stuff wrong. I feel guilty. But there's an answer and we'll come to that. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, Then I said, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First, Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. So even though they weren't perfect, they were required. Then he said, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in... Sorry, I'm just saying the cancels. He was the first of a cancel con- uh, culture. Ah, they think it's new, but no, he did it way back. <laughs> Cancelled. Sorry. he cancels. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. He's the second covenant. This is the good news, guys. This is the point of difference. So if you do not know Jesus this morning, this is what it's about. I don't want you to miss this bit. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Not year after year after year after year after year, but once for all time. Not 2,000 years ago, but for today, for tomorrow, for next week, for 20 years down the track. Imagine how many animal lives we've saved. (laughs) Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sin. Well, there was a pointless job description. I'm glad, Jason, you're not under that one anymore. But our high priest, now Jesus is our high priest, because that need to have an intercessor is actually still there, but he's already doing that for us. He is multi-talented, multi-skilled, thank goodness. So, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin's good for all all time hear that it's good for all time. then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet for by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. We are the people being made holy okay? But he's already perfected us, but we're still walking it out. Hate to tell you that, newsflash, we're not perfect yet. Okay, just in case you had other ideas. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. It's going from being an external form of worship to being a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not after that sacrifice. He is after relationship with us. It's actually what he always wanted in the original garden. He wanted relationship with Adam and Eve. And sin got in the way of that, as it still does today. Then he said, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. He's not a liar, guys. When he says he's not going to remember our sin, he's not remembering our sin. In my human flesh, I think that's ridiculous. In my relationship with my husband, he'll say to me, how is it you can bring up an argument from 20 years ago? (laughs) Okay, this is a great example as to why I am not God and why I am still walking this out, that I am still being being made holy. So there's grace and love and all that going on. Isn't there, my love? <laughs> and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need. offer any more sacrifices. Amen. Do we get an amen for that? There's no more need for a sacrifice. He's done it. He's done it. Now this to me is astounding and the weight of this has been percolating away on the inside for about 18 months for me now because then I'm starting to realise he came to earth he was the son of man but what did he give up to do that he yeah he did he gave up everything he gave up his position his god kingdom <laughs> in order to pay the price because he and the father, and they must have been looking down, going, This ain't working. All these sheep are bleating, and the people are still sinning. This isn't good enough. And the father goes, I've got a plan. And the son goes, oh, Okay. And he does it because you're worth it, because he could see down the track of eternity to 2023 on the whatever date it is today 7th of um, May and he's saying you're worth it you're worth it yeah you're worth it too Pam okay you're not missing out you don't have to shove your hand up okay (laughs) because the thing is is God knows each and every one of us yeah you too good so I'm going to come back to one of my original statements, which was, when I take communion, how come sometimes it's just a ritual for me? And I'm going to just suggest there's a couple of areas that we might be struggling with today. These are not definitive, and this might not be you, but keep your heart open, because if the Holy Spirit is just going, oh, ping, that might be me, then we're going to have an opportunity this morning to come forward and take communion. And I want it to be an exchange for you this morning. I want you to come away knowing that you're loved, that you're forgiven and all of that. Okay, so some areas that might be of challenge. So how well do we really come to him and accept that the payment for all of our sins is done? So you've got the picture now, he is the unblemished lamb, he's huge, he's died, it's paid. So how many people have ever gone to lunch and the, the bill's been paid and you go up and you try and pay it again? Go on, own up if you've ever done that. One has, one person has. And what happened when, when you found out it was paid? What that? You, okay. Right, so did you, did you pay it a second time? Okay, your debt this morning has been paid. So when you take communion this morning and you remember this, take it on board and thank him for the payment. If you approach the altar with, a, actually, I don't really believe that, then you're trying to pay for a second time. Go out to the back of Jamboree and get yourself a sheep and bring it in i'm sure jason will tell you the gospel message again (laughs) because i'm sure he doesn't want to slaughter it (laughs) and there's laws against it now as well yeah so do we really believe that he has settled all so some of the things that might be a, a, a stumbling block the obvious one to me is sin Okay, and the classic story for that is the woman caught in adultery in John 8 1 to 11. There's no more scriptures, okay? Um, You know, that's pretty obvious. We know that adultery isn't right, she's caught in sin. But we also know that Jesus says, He who is without sin casts the first stone, and then one by one, All the men accusing her walk away because guess what? Every one of them has sinned. The only person left standing was Jesus. He's the unblemished lamb. And then he does a remarkable uh, thing and says, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. So he speaks hope into this lady's life. He forgives her he doesn't let her off the hook. He doesn't say, yes, sweet, go and do what you like. He says, come on, get your life in order. We've got a chance here. Let's walk together in it, in relationship. Wonder what happened to her. What an incredible thing to ask God in, in years to come. So we've got, you know, sin might be an area. You might have an area at the moment in your life that you just need to confess before the Lord this morning. This is a real place to do that. Receive his forgiveness because he's paid for it. You've just got to receive it and say, thank you. You could be like Elijah, who uh, is described in 1 Kings, uh, the story goes 1 Kings uh, 19, 3 to 7, where he's just had this incredible moment Where he and God are like this, he has destroyed these the bull worshippers, the devils and all of that, destroyed those idols. Next day, this evil woman, the wicked witch of the West, goes, I'm going to kill him because he's taken down all my idols. And he's afraid and he runs away. You ever had those mountaintop moments? And you and think, you and God, man, we're like this? And then you find, yeah, maybe not as brave as I thought I was. And you do the bolt. Well, even in that place, the scripture says that the angel of the Lord, who knows that that's another name for Jesus, that the angel of the Lord went to Elijah and instead of going, what are you doing over here? You know, sod. <laughs> Yesterday you, were, you and me were like this. Instead he said, okay, I'm going to feed you and let you rest. I'm going to look after you. And he did. And Elijah did. He rested. Then Elijah wakes up again and comes back again and goes, no, nah, come on, keep resting. Because the journey I've got ahead for you, you're going to need more strength. So he gets rested again. And then when he comes back, he goes, come on, we've got more stuff to tell you. He didn't give up on Elijah. In fact, he went on to commission him further and gave him a strategy. That's incredible. So if you've had an area that you are finding needs to be revisited and you just need the Lord to nurture you this morning, do business with him business with him in in a moment (laughs) I like this one this one's a very short one 1 Samuel 10 22 to 23 if I said King Saul most of you are going to think he's the bad king first king of Israel bad king he didn't start off bad and it's just really funny because I was thinking of the you know King Charles coronation yesterday just amazing how he's still submitting to the same scriptures that we do very even levelling field, I thought. But Saul is about to be cor- you know, crowned king, the very first king of Israel. And everyone has turned up and they're going, where's Saul? <laughs> Samuel's like, Samuel's the prophet. He, he's like the Archbishop of Canterbury. He's about to crown him, publicly com- affirm him in his role And the king ain't there. And God says to Samuel, this is in a paraphrasing, he's hiding, hiding under the stage around there. So they go and get him. Come on. You're actually called for this. Okay? If you've got a call on your heart, there's something on the inside of you that God is asking you to do. And you might be afraid about it. Okay? The Lord sees you. We know in Psalm 139, we can't hide from God, okay? So better to go with him in the journey, all right? Surrender your fear to him. And the last one I'm just going to mention is Gideon in the, in the Judges 6 from 11 to 24. You can read it again. You know, Gideon is asked to be a judge. This was the days before the kings. And um, Gideon was an average bloke, And again, the angel of the Lord, Jesus is saying to him, I want you to come up and do this and that. I want you to lead. He's like, who, me? Are you kidding? Don't you know I'm in a very lowly family line and I'm just average Joe? And he's like, yeah, you. I'm calling you. This is around self-esteem. You might have a very low self-esteem. But the Lord isn't asking you to do something he's not going to walk with you in. So I'm going to invite you up now to come and take communion. Now, as we do that, I just want to remember, uh, just remind you of what Pastor Jason shared in Psalm 40, verse 1. I won't look it up for time's sake, but he was talking about the cry of your heart that God hears the cry of your heart. And so this morning, as I've been sharing, if there has been something that the Holy Spirit is just touching on your life, then I invite you to receive from the perfect lamb what you're needing this morning. Lay it down. As you come before it, just say, this is between you and God. This has got nothing to do with us, okay, guys? So if you're a visitor and you sort of think, I don't know if I take communion or not, this isn't about C3 Church or Harbour. This is about you and Jesus. If you personally do not know Jesus at all and you want to meet him, you are still welcome to come and partake in this because this is, we're talking about our identity in Christ. It begins with this. Otherwise, we're just another religious group hanging out. Bunch of great people don't mind hanging out with you guys but if I want something that's going to change my life that's Jesus. And so this morning if you don't know